Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. Well, I am your running host, Dean Thompson. What does it mean to be relentless? Well, it is important to our running and our faith, so we'll talk about it. And did you ever use those flotation devices that fit on your arms when you were a kid? We're going to talk about how they are related to running and faith as well. And joining me once again is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How was your week? It's been a good week. You know, I'm doing this uh, this training, this high mileage stuff right mm-hmm. now. So I ran 82 miles last week. Oh, wow. Which is, um, yeah, that's the most I've run in a, well, in a, a little over a year. Yeah. So, um, and that was after three weeks of over 70 miles. So wow. It's, so is your body adjusting well? It's beginning to. Yeah. Yeah. You got to force force it into submission. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. It's working. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting excited for it. So it's, what's the countdown right now? It's oh, in, it's four months away almost. It's in May, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. in May. So it's a, it's a while away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What about this week's Couch to Marathon group? We got them started up, That's right? That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. We, we're starting the Couch to Marathon actually today as we're recording, and then we're graduating last year's Couch to Marathon this coming Saturday out in, uh, is it Greenville, Mississippi? Is that where we're going? Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. You were asking me where we were staying, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Gay and Holly, they do a great job of taking care of all that, and Angie with logistics. Um, but yeah, we got a, a crowd coming out there and you know, this is going to be, I'm, I'm going to give her a shout out. This is going to be Gay's first marathon. Gay Coker mm. that works with us. Um, she was in the very first ever run for God class and man, she's, she's inspiring. Yeah, she really is. She did her 20 miler, um, last weekend and I, I was really proud of her Sunday morning. I saw her at church and she said, I was, uh, she said, I was on the couch yesterday with a migraine headache. She, you know, she did 20 miles and she dropped back this week to 10, you know, yeah. kind of a taper in. She said, I didn't get my run in, but I'm going to get it in today. So she texted me last night and she got it in in a faster pace than she was hoping to do. So, um, good for her. She, she's like so many others in run clubs. She's just kept her head down. She's got the work in. It's not been, you know, it's not been fancy. It's not been exciting. You know, she's just put her head down and done the work, which is what it takes. That's you right. know, if you're if you're hoping that it's going to be exciting the whole time, you're going to no. be disappointed. Yeah. Anything worth doing is is kind of drudgery sometimes. We're yeah. going to talk about that in this podcast. Yeah. Um, but she's done it. I mean, literally the haze in the barn for her and, and so many others that are graduating this weekend. So if you're out there and you're running a marathon in Mississippi or anywhere else this coming week and you've been on the couch to marathon, congratulations. Even if something were to happen, yeah, you know, I, I hope that doesn't. But if something were to happen, you've done it. You've yeah. done the work. And if you've gotten to here, you've, you've done it. And it's still worth it. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I sure. can't wait to see. You but it's going to be it's going to be incredible to hear all the stories that I know are going to come flooding in. That's right. After next week. So That's we want right. to hear them. Amen. 
All right. Hey, let's talk about this week's sponsor at Run for God. We like to do business with locally owned businesses when it's practical. One Source Business Products is Dalton's only locally owned supply office supply company. If you're looking for office supplies, furniture, printing, janitorial, custom forms, or stamps, they have you covered, and the prices are right. That's why they compare and you save. You can look them up, uh, Barry and his whole team, at onesourcebp.com. That's onesourcebp.com. And, and thanks to Barry and and his whole team. Uh, Barry goes to church with me. Just a great, uh, godly uh, business here in, in the Dalton area. But you can look them up and buy products Anywhere you live. So if you That's don't right. have a office supply company near you, give give them a give them a look. Absolutely. Well, last week's post comes from the Run Club uh, uh, Run Club social page, right. um, and it's from Monica Masters, and she said this: "I was a member to Run for God and left. I completed a year, completed the marathon, and thought, well, now I'm done. How crazy!" I missed it. I missed reading the post and listening to Dean and Mitchell and all the encouragement. Run for God is so much more than just completing a challenge. It's a community of fellow believers lifting each other up. Running is just a bonus. I rejoined last night and am so excited to begin again. This just made my week when I read this. Right. Uh, I think Angie sent it to us. She saw it first. Yeah. And she sent it to us. And it's, it's Monica's so right. You know, if you if you if you go through the couch to marathon with us or any of the training, so we have a lot of people who've just started the five K challenge. If you go through those programs and you run your race and you think, Well, I'm done, then just like she said, you've missed it. Yep. You've missed the point. That's this is so much more than running. It, it's kinda like it's kinda like church. You know, church is so much more than a message. Yeah. It's a community. Yeah. It's people you talk to, people you share with, people you laugh with, you cry with. And that's what happens here in Run Club. And that's why it really warmed my heart to see this. Not that I wanted her to to do something and be missing something, but that she recognized what we all see. And that's that there's a lot more than running going on here. Yeah. We we I, we need to start using that as is a marketing phrase because we've we've said it organically for so long now that it's yeah. true. It there is, is true. so much more than running going on here. Yeah, yeah. So if you're in the couch to marathon plan and you're just getting started, if you're in the 5K challenge and you're just getting started, please look for that mm-hmm. because you can find it easily. I mean, it, it'll slap you in the face, but sure. you, you do have to make a little bit of effort right. to see it. You got to get on the Facebook page or the Run Club social page, and you gotta you gotta see it for yourself you put yourself out there yes put yourself out there don't be afraid now it's okay if you're like me i, I rarely post on facebook but i'll stalk facebook and if you're a facebook stalker that's <laughs> glad okay. you admit that Dean. yeah that, that's okay so um so don't don't feel bad about that either but we would love to hear from you sure. and so many other people would love to hear from you too so don't be afraid like you said to put yourself out there because whether you you know it or not you have something to give. Yep. And that gift can be encouragement to somebody else. Maybe it's something you've just gone through mm-hmm. and it hurt and you've got scars from it. Guess what? There's so many people that can be encouraged by that. Yep. That you that you made it through it. And that that doesn't necessarily have to do with running. Now obviously that's that's up to people how much they share. 
but we've created a pretty safe place yeah. in Run Club. Um, you know, it's it's people get very transparent in there, and that's that's why it's so special. Yeah, yeah, yep. And that's what I what I use it for is I'll post a video every once in a while of my thoughts yeah. while while I was out running. Sure, something hit me, and I thought I'm gonna share this. You have a lot of those, don't you? Yeah, no. Dean's thoughts. Yeah, a little too much sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> my wife probably tell you, you know, I wish Dean would shut up with his thoughts thinking. occasionally. <laughs> All right, trivia question from last week. Um, and I said, here is a question that will require some digging. We used to hear about the lactic acid in our legs when I was young. Um, it, it was what supposedly made you sore. But they have found that it is not lactic acid that makes you sore. What does? Did you hear that all the time when you were young? When I was growing up, we, uh, we, we lactic acid, I still hear about it. Lactic acid building up in your legs, making you sore. Um but that's not what makes you sore. Um, the truth is, is I never had lactic acid in my legs the next day because you don't. Mm-hmm. And so I found this great explanation from Houston Medical. So uh, here, here's, here's what they say. Whether you look forward to your workouts or not, it seems that we all dread feeling sore afterwards. I'm asked if lactic buildup causes sore muscles almost every single day, says Dr. Corbin Hett. Uh, physical therapist at Houston Methodist. It's something many of us grew up hearing from coaches or whoever. So people want to know how to reduce this buildup so they never have to be sore at all. It's not true, however. If you've got questions about muscle soreness from what from what's actually causing it to whether or not it can be prevented, you're not alone. Fortunately, it's something Dr. Hett says has been studied in detail and is a topic he could talk about for hours. So what does lactic acid have to do with muscle soreness anyways? Your muscles need energy to move. By the way, they generate energy. uh, But the way they generate energy can vary depending on the type of workout you're doing. During aerobic exercise, such as walking, light jogging, or casual biking, your muscles use oxygen to make the energy they need. During vigorous exercise like sprinting, plyometrics, weightlifting, and high-intensity interval training, your muscles make this energy anaerobically, meaning in the absence of oxygen. This happens because oxygen can't get to the muscles fast enough to keep up with the amount of energy the muscles need. When your muscles make energy anaerobically, lactic acid is created as a byproduct, says Dr. Hett. It does build up in the muscle during exercise, and your muscle can be chock full of it by the time you finish a strenuous workout. But generally, all of this lactic acid is gone within about an hour afterwards. Put simply, lactic acid clears out well before muscle soreness ever even begins. And Dr. Hett adds that the link between lactic acid buildup during exercise and muscle soreness after exercise is one that's been almost completely disproven. In fact, lactic acid buildup after a hard workout might actually cue muscle regeneration acting as a signal to your body that your muscles have worked really hard and need to be repaired and rebuilt, Dr. Hett adds. If anything, you want lactic acid buildup because the more you have, the more your body understands that the area needs attention. So why do muscles get sore then? Muscle soreness occurs because muscle and the connective tissue around it get damaged during exercises, explained Dr. Hett. This is completely normal and nothing to worry about, though. 
In fact, it's needed for muscle growth since muscle is built back stronger during this repair process. This damage comes in the form of tiny micro tears, which trigger inflammatory responses. So that, that soreness you feel after a hard workout, it's an unfortunate consequences both of this damage and the inflammatory processes needed to heal it, not lactic acid buildup. Plus, the delayed nature of muscle sore muscles provides yet another strike against the lactic acid theory. So, muscle soreness comes from we're just we're beating our muscles up. Yeah, but I got a problem with this this article because yeah, yeah I do, and I think because there's two different things. I think what I think the miss what, what's the word I'm looking for the misconception is that. Rigorous exercise causes you to get sore. And while that is not correct, there's there's actually I think there's actually two different things going on at the end of say a hard hard race. Mm-hmm. And there's the there's the muscle soreness and then there's what's going on right there in that moment. Mm-hmm. So when you get done with a hard effort and you're nauseous, you're cramping, not sore, you're cramping um, all of those things that that you feel after a hard effort, that is lactate. Mm-hmm. That that is it's called lactic acidosis is mm-hmm. why. Because I looked it up this morning. Because mm-hmm. I I was reading this and I was like, what he's saying is technically correct, but I think there's two different things happening. So like an ice bath, you know, you hear people say get an ice bath that'll flush the lactic acid out. Well, that does. That that will help. That'll increase your blood pressure, which will f- help to flush that acid out, which will stop the cramping, but it may not actually fix the soreness. But it can help fix the soreness because at the same time it's flushing that out, it's reducing inflammation, which even in his narrative here, he says that that's the cause of soreness. Well, ice will reduce inflammation. So I think he's, it's not that I don't like this. I think it's just focused on one part. But when you get done with a with a race and you feel horrible and you're on the ground and everything's cramping, that is lactate. Well, it's not the lactate that's causing the cramping, though. the The lactate may the buildup of lactate may make you hurt a little bit, but it's not the lactate that makes the pain. It's the muscle soreness that makes the pain. It's the muscles. It's not. It's the muscles are cramping because the muscles are have been overworked. And they can't get enough energy. Yeah, I mean, I read going. some other stuff this morning. WebMD was one that yeah. I, I put some stuff up yeah. on, and it, I think I, I really I, think I there's, what you're there's a couple different things. There's a lot going on, really, well, but there's two main things going on. It's lactic acidosis, which really affects the right within that hour yes. that he's talking about. Right. Until all that gets out, and you think about it, when you get done, sometimes it's an hour before you just you want to even talk to anybody. Yeah, and I think that's a byproduct of it is yeah the lactic it acid is. and then what happens the next day this article's correct it really has nothing to do with but people say well I need to take an ice bath so I won't be a sore tomorrow well that's kind of true but it's not because of the lactic acid it's because you're you're kind of staying off inflammation yeah i guess it depends on but how- it could help today with the cramping and just the way you feel so I don't know. I, I guess I wrote the question, right? Yeah. So my thoughts on the question was, 
what makes you sore the next day. Right. That's not what I said. Right, right. Yeah. That's why I said what makes you sore. Right. And so, yes, yeah. that, that, there's a difference between what, what makes you sore today and yeah. what makes you sore tomorrow. Yeah. Right. I just thought it was important to yeah. clarify that. That's a good point. You know, because a lot a of people point. say, well, I don't need to take an ice bath. No, no, an ice bath couldn't be. I yeah. mean, if for any reason, it makes you feel good when you get out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, I, you know. You know how I am. I've got a critical eye of I like any it. article I read. That's good stuff. As I think you do, too. We, um, we both like to try to poke holes in them. A hundred percent. Yeah. Upward Sports Run for God Run Club is the best way to stay motivated for your fitness journey and your faith journey. You get these weekly podcasts, but there is so much more. We have proven training plans available for you, whether you're just at the beginning of your fitness quest or you've been running for 20 years. We have something for everyone, and it doesn't matter where you are with God either. We have something for you there, too. If you're not a member, join today at runforgod.com. It is the best value you will find. All right, we're back, and we talk about it all the time. You've got a story, and we want to hear it, so make sure, go to runforgod.com, go to the spot where it says submit your story, and submit your story, because we want to hear it. Hey, you, you kind of jumped right over the Bible in a year. Um, I saw that in your notes. For all of you out there who think the Bible in a year has to start on January 1, we now have it to where you can start it at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've heard from a lot of people who really enjoyed what Dean did with the Bible in the year, you know, this it's butter voice Dean. Um, listening <laughs> to him talk for a whole year up reading through the Bible. But it's it's a great I mean, you put a ton of work into that. Mm-hmm. And um I've heard a lot of people compliment on how great it was. So if you're out there and you've heard us talk about the Bible in the year, you don't have to start the Bible in the year on January one. Just like you don't have to start any of our challenges on January one. We have the um we have it set up to where you can start at any time um, so go check that out, the Bible in a year, and uh, you can start it today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what do you tell somebody, maybe somebody who is not an experienced runner, uh, when they ask, what's a good time for a marathon? You know, I read that question, and, and I mean, for me, for a long time, I, I've always kind of thought four hours, mm-hmm. but that was just always my goal when I started running. Mm-hmm. Um for me, that was what I wanted to hit, and I reached that goal one day. And, um, but to your point in here, it's it's really it's kind of a loaded question. It is. It's, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like, what's the best color? Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's it really. I know what mine is. I know what, <laughs> mine's blue. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, so it's it's kind of a loaded question. Yeah, it is. Because if you look at it, I mean, you can you can look at okay, the average marathon time in the world is four twenty nine. That's what the average is when you take everybody who's run a marathon, you average them all out, it's 429. Mm-hmm. You can get more specific and say, okay, if you're male, the average is 421. If you're female, the average is 448. Um, and you, But then you have to take into account, well, how old are you? Because mm-hmm. that makes a difference. Um, do you, how long have you been running? Um, how fit are you in general? Right? Right. All of those things make a difference. Um, and how big is your want to button? And how big is your want to? That's another one. Yeah, yeah. there's there's a gazillion different questions, right? Now, you, if you take me, my my best marathon time is two thirty nine. 
So if I run a 320 marathon, mm -hmm. I am going to be really disappointed. Mm -hmm. That's an epic fail in my in my in my book, right? Um, but if you ran a 320 marathon, I'll be doing backflips and cartwheels. <laughs> right, right. Once the lactic acid wears off, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of it. Yeah, in yeah. Um, now, I mean, that's not to talk down no, no, no. to or yeah. about anybody, but then you take me, my 239, mm -hmm. and the pros look at that like it's a joke. Yeah. They do that in training. Mm -hmm. It's no big deal to them. And so it, everything is just relative. Sure. So here's what I want to say. If you have a marathon time, if you have crossed a marathon finish time, finish line, that's a good time. <laughs> Because you have beaten 99% of the people in the world. Well, here's a good example. Next Saturday, as of this recording, we're headed to Mississippi, and I'm going to run Gay's first marathon with her. Mm -hmm. Now, that may be a mistake because I'm not trained up for a marathon, but I'm going to do it with her. Mm -hmm. Her goal is to run it in seven and a half hours. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be more excited for Gay running seven and a half hours than when I broke four hours. I'll be I'm gonna be twice as happy. Yep. Because because of what it means. That's and that's that's the point is my four hours, your two thirty nine. <laughs> it, it it was great for you. Four hours is great for me, and seven and a half hours is incredible for gay. And that's that's the point. We don't we get hung up on numbers, we get hung up on comparison. It's not what all this is about. It's yep. about the achievement in setting a goal and marking a date on your calendar and, and hitting it. And that's, that's, right. that's what it's all about. It's the perseverance that we're going to talk about. Yep. Now, there's nothing wrong. If you want to focus on sure. getting faster, yeah, absolutely. And running, that's great. But there's nothing wrong with just wanting to get across the finish line. Right. And, uh, yeah. But, again, if, if you go through our whole Couch to Marathon – just like, uh, I forget the lady's name in the, the post that you just said. And let's say you run a 239 marathon and you got nothing else out of it. You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. <laughs> That's right. You, you got an incredible time, but you missed everything Yeah, along the way. Good point. Well, what does the word relentless mean? Well, it's an adjective, and the dictionary says it means uh, one definition is not easing or slackening, maintaining speed, vigor, etc. Or a second ad, um, definition, unyieldingly severe, strict, or harsh. Well, this week's story is about being relentless. It comes to us from Rich Glass, and it's called Mr. Relentless. My marathon in April 2023 already promised to be a mem to be memorable it was my hometown of oklahoma city and the route went next to both of my childhood homes my parents would be standing in the driveway of house number two at about mile 14 i wasn't expecting the added bonus but it was great at the expo event the day before there was a special booth when I saw it, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, that I was seeing a man whose poster hangs in my office. It was the U.S. marathon great Bill Rogers. He won four New York and four Boston marathons over four decades ago. I don't think the other runners appreciated this rare opportunity because there was no crowd of people. We talked for about 15 minutes. He confessed that after running the 5K fun run that morning, he felt like he had run five miles. 
Of course, he is age 75 now. In his prime, Bill ran right at 2 hours and 10 minutes at New York and 209.27 at Boston. That would easily place him in the top 10 of U.S. marathoners today. That's remarkable considering he lacked the nutrition, training, shoes, and other advances that current runners enjoy today. In his autobiography, he pointed out that inspiration is the key to success in running. He said, the athlete receives inspiration in many different forms and from many a quarter. You receive a more personal source of inspiration from the people around you. To be successful at a high level, you need all types of inspiration. I peppered him with all sorts of questions. I asked him if he likes his nickname, Boston Billy. He smiled and reminded me that he was from Hartford, Connecticut. Alas, I did not ask him if he knew Jesus. He signed a photo with his this inscription, Rich, good to meet you and talk marathon. Let's run forever. Maybe we running believers will have the opportunity. I read in Revelation 21 that the new Jerusalem will be paved with pure gold like transparent glass. I think we won't need our new balances there. Back to my poster. It displays a single letter in large type, relentless. The quote below it sums up this quality. To be consistent, to be a consistent winner means preparing not just one day, one month, or even one year, but for a lifetime. When I think about relentless Bible heroes, I think of Elisha, the protege of Elijah the prophet. He left a thriving farming business to follow Elijah. In 2 Kings 3, Elijah tried to discourage him three times not to follow him as he got ready to depart this earth. Elisha remained faithful, saw Elijah's flaming chariot exit, and received a double portion of Elijah's spirit as a result. We should all be like Boston Billy as runners and like Elisha as Christians. Be relentless. Wow, that's a great story. Yeah. I don't really know a lot about... Boston Billy. Boston Billy. Bill yeah. Rogers, yeah. I've met him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh just like he said, he's so personable. <clears throat> you know, he's just he 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 seems you know, a lot of these guys you meet them and they they seem like they're they're like these magical people. Mm-hmm. Billy Bill just seems like a, a dude. He just seems like a guy yeah. that just happens to be able to run fast. Yeah. And yeah, I've always I've always the guy liked you him. would like to hang out with. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I like this sentiment, you know, the relentless kind of a little bit synonymous with the word consistency, which is, yeah, I, I think relentless lot. sometimes gets a bad rap, um, cause it's used in a, in a bad connotation sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great word. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And you know what relentless, what relentless means it's, it's getting out the door and going for that run when you mm-hmm. don't feel like it, sure. that's being relentless. Um, it's, it's not it's giving like consistency up. with grit. Yeah, that's relentless. That's a good yeah. way to put it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Combining the two. Yeah, um, people who are relentless, they you know they don't they don't use their circumstances to make excuses, sure. not to do something, um, and, and you know that that's a good thing. You know, I was running with uh, Travis mm-hmm. last week. Travis Vaughn, he's he's with Upward. He was in town, and we went and did a, a workout that yeah. uh, in the morning. Um, and, but he gets his runs in early in the morning. Yeah. Well, you know me, I don't run in the morning. Yeah. I like running in the evening. Um, 
But do you think Travis likes getting up at 5 a.m. to run in the morning? Of course not. Of course not. And I asked him, I said, why do you do your runs in the morning? And of course, what did he tell me? He said, so I can spend time with my family because I would feel guilty going out to run in the afternoon. That's being relentless. It's getting up at 5 a.m. when you don't feel like it and doing it anyway to reach goals. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. And he's being relentless. Sure. I like it. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Isn't that a Consistency. great? Yeah. That's a great verse for runners sure. and walkers mm-hmm. for several reasons. But it reminds me that doing the right thing, doing the thing that's good for you, whatever that is, it, it makes a difference, even when mm-hmm. you can't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you you can't tell you're making a difference, right? So last week, I remember there were, I got an email last week, and the way the guy worded it, he worded it like um, he said, "Keep doing what you're doing; it's making a difference." Right. You know, we get people tell us, "Yeah, you know, you do a great job." That we hear, but I really like the sentiment of "Keep it up because you're making a difference." Yeah, and you got to know that when you do things, you're making a difference. Well, that's why it's so good to to write these things down, to benchmark, to journal, yeah. to do all these things because, you know, there's always going to come time in your running life and your walk with Christ and, and whatever it is that you feel like you're not making a difference, that you're not making any progress. Uh, I almost said progress. We're watching this Canadian show right now and they say progress. <laughs> but you, you feel like you're not making progress and sometimes it takes looking back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you feel, when when you're in the, you know, when you're in the valley yeah, and you're like, God, God is nowhere around. Well, sometimes you just look back and you see the last valley you were in or you see the the last time you ran a great race and you you know, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. It's just hard right now. Um, yeah. And so, you know, writing that stuff down, journaling it in whatever form you do it. Uh, there's so many ways to do it nowadays, but the, the key is that you're doing it. Yeah. And there's days when now – Last week, week before, week before last, I think it was, I ran, I did a 10 mile run at 930 pace. I've never run that slow in my life, but I did it because you know a lot of people are going seriously, Dean, seriously, I know, Dean? I know, I know. And I'm sorry. I, that, that's, that was, <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's that what we were mine. just talking about yeah. while I go for you, yeah. but that has no bearing on anybody else. Right, right. But my brain is trying to tell me, you're not doing yourself any good right. running at this pace, but I am. Mm-hmm. And and we need to keep reminding ourselves that even when things are hard and we don't feel like it, you're still it's still worth it mm-hmm. because it's still making a difference. Still building those roadways. Yes, yeah. yes. You know, I do the the live stream and the all the, the stuff we do at our church, the presentation side of things. And, um, you know, there for a long time, we got almost nobody to watch our live stream. Um, nobody was really going back and watching it later. And at, you know, after a while, you get to thinking, is this even worth it? Mm-hmm. Well, fast forward now, a couple of years later, and you know, people are watching it. There's more people watching it when it's live, but there's also a lot of people going back and watching it later. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't kept doing all that for the long the time that we did it, then we wouldn't have gotten to where we are today, right? Mm-hmm. We would have had to start over. You're doing. You're making a difference when you yeah. do those things. You're making a difference, even when it feels like you're not. Yeah. Hebrews ten thirty nine, 
but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. I mean, this is just another verse that basically in my mind says everything worth doing gets hard at some point um, Mm. because it's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, No one signs up for a marathon and expects things to be easy. The Bible tells us when we sign up to be a Christ follower that it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Everything worth doing. I I don't know if I can think of anything that that's worth doing that doesn't get hard. Yeah. I was thinking about that this morning. What is what is there out there that is very rewarding that that's not hard? Yeah, I don't know. Like I can't think of anything off the top of my head for sure. Yeah, I mean it I mean there's things that you can buy that are very rewarding but you had to earn the money yeah. to be able to buy it so yeah. yeah i mean it's but that's for some reason we we desire that and i get it we desire it but it's i mean i think back to you know getting things for free we, we've done free races before mm-hmm. you know we used to do a we did partner with the billy graham evangelistic association one time and did a my hope america and it was free and we had so many people sign up and only half showed up yeah. Why? Because it they was free. Invested. They it weren't invested easy. in it. Mm-hmm. It was too easy. And yeah, I just think that makes the point that we should we should look forward to hard things. Not that we're going to enjoy them. Yeah. But we should look forward to them. Yeah. Just like that next twelve by eight hundred workout you're going to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's going to hurt. Yeah. But it's going to be worth it. Well, those those runs I was talking about when I don't feel like getting out the door, you know, I, I decided at the beginning of the year I was going to run 10 miles a day for at least for the first month of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm almost through that month. There have been days where I didn't want to get up. I did not want to do yeah. it. Yeah. Man, oh, man. Yesterday was one of those days, actually. So, you know what I did yesterday is I kind of played with it a little bit, and I decided I was going to try to run within a certain heart rate zone. I, I don't usually use my heart rate. Sometimes – Sometimes in order to get yourself through those tough times, it helps to distract yourself yeah. with something else. So uh, if that's what it takes, then do that. Whatever it takes to get through those hard things, it's worth it. Second Timothy 2.15 Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. <laughs> I don't know why this passage made me think about this story. Um, when I was, I can't remember if I was 15, I think I was 16. But one summer I worked at our local golf course, Knob North Golf Course here. And I worked in the uh, maintenance grounds. So we mowed and drug greens and, you know, we did all the yard work basically. And I'll never forget... Um, Danny, I can't remember Danny's last name. He was our boss. He was over maintenance. And uh, we got done one day, and there was these two guys. that There was a couple of places on at Nob North. You've probably seen them when you've played golf up there. I know you've played there, but there's places where you can pull a cart, and you're just kind of hidden. Nobody can see you. Well, there was these two guys that would work, but they would pull in there, and they'd go to sleep. They'd sleep for an hour, and we <laughs> – we called Danny Bookums because he was always riding around making sure everybody was doing their work. Well, anyway, there was this one day that we all got done and um, 
we were at the shop about to leave and he he rounded everybody up. I mean, it was all high school guys working down there. He said, man, I just want to tell y'all what a great job y'all were doing. Y'all really made a difference this summer. I mean, he was just over the top complimenting us. Yeah. And everybody was kind of looking at those two guys and they were just like so ashamed. Yeah. They never pulled down and went to sleep again. Wow. And I think, I don't know this. I never asked Danny if he knew that those guys, if he really thought we were just doing a great job or if he was doing that on purpose. But it made me think about this verse, you know, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who need who has no need to be ashamed. Yeah. And it's almost like I don't I don't want to be the guy in heaven that just scraped scraped yeah. in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if that's what this verse is saying. But it's what what it made me think about because yeah. we're all gonna have to give an account, saved or unsaved. We're gonna give an account before mm. God when we when we leave this earth. And I don't want to be caught sleeping. Yeah, you know, man, that's a great. That's and a, I, I again, I don't know if that's what he was doing, but looking back, how many ever years later, thirty years later now, I have to think that's what he was doing. He yeah. was he was reprimanding those guys without ever even saying a word to them. And, and it worked. And it worked. It yeah. got them in gear. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. You know, I think about this verse from the perspective of somebody who does the couch to marathon plan. Th- th- gay. You know, somebody who goes and does, checks all the boxes, mm-hmm. you know, does every workout. They're getting the most from the program. Sure. Um, because, you know, we talk about jobs. There are a lot of people who try to get by with things mm-hmm. on their jobs, but I want to get through with my job and I want to feel like I did something, yeah. you know, and, and I don't, I, I've never understood the mentality. Yeah. of just want to get by, um, but you'll get the most out of it. So you get the most out of being a Christian, you know, when, when you participate fully, you know, when you uh, pray regularly, you read your Bible, um, you participate in groups with other believers and you can say, well, you know, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And you know what? You're right. True. You can go, you can be a Christian without going to church, but you're not participating fully mm-hmm. and you are not going to get everything you can out of your salvation if you're not participating fully. Sure. And that, not just church. It could be, there's a, a hundred different things that we should all be doing, right? And uh, we should be all participating in all the things you know we we always used to say do all the things do all the things yeah. that we should be doing all the things well you know it, it's, it's it's just like can you run a marathon without by yourself can you train and run a marathon by yourself yes but how many people do we talk to that says this was the difference for them this yep. this club was the difference for them because mm. it was the community and it's the same way when i walk with christ can, can you know i love it when i'm a hunter and i love it when hunters say well, I can talk to God in my deer stand. I don't need to go to church. You're right, but you're so wrong in yeah. so many ways. I mean, it's it's true. It's yeah. you know, do not forsake the gathering of believers. <laughs> we the church is people. The mm. church is not necessarily a building, and I get that sentiment. But we need to come together because if we're doing this right, if we're doing Christian right, and I say it that way for a reason then it's going to be hard. Yeah. If you're doing it, and we just said it, nothing worth doing is easy. If you're doing Christian and it's easy, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Period. Amen. 
And if you're doing it right, it's hard. And when things are hard, you need other people. And to get other people in the Christian walk, it's our community of faith. And that, in modern days, I know they didn't have churches back then and they had small groups and houses and all that, but in modern times, the the community of believers is the church. And we meet in a building where we can all talk and have community and love on each other and encourage each other. That's where all that happens. And you need to be there. We'll Wherever you- that is in your community, be there. We're going to get you to preach a message here in a minute. A <laughs> <laughs> question. Do you have an example of when you relentlessly pursued something in life, whether it be in running or faith-related? What did you learn? This question made me think about a very specific thing that happened to me when I was in college. When I was in college, I had a class. It was some kind of a fitness class that everybody had to take. And you got measured on four things during that class. I don't remember all of them. I remember one of them being how many push-ups can you do in two minutes, um, for example. And out of those four things, three of them I was going to have no problem with at all i was going to get not only maximum number of points i was going to get bonus points because i wasn't going to have any problem with them but there was one that was really really hard for me and what you had to do is it was about flexibility so you had to sit with your feet against like a box and try to reach your toes or reach past your toes if you you had to at least reach your toes to pass you had to reach three inches past your toes to get a perfect score, and you had to reach six inches past your toes to get extra points. And I remember I was determined because I am notoriously not flexible. Me too. I've never been flexible. It's uncomfortable for me just to put my feet up against a wall like that. Yes. That's a, yeah, that's <laughs> I'm me. that inflexible. Yes. Yep, that's how I feel. Um, and so, but... I was determined because when we started the when we started the class, I could not reach my toes. Mm-hmm. Well, I worked on it every day, every day, every morning. I would get up and I would work on this stretch, trying to stretch, and I I was relentless about it. I did it every single day, and by the end of the semester, I reached six inches past mm-hmm. my toes. I couldn't even believe that I had done that, but it was a really good example of what you can do if you'll just put your head to something, mm-hmm. put the effort in, and be relentless about it, right? Yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably, I'm pretty relentless on most everything, yeah. and a lot of times it's to a fault. My, we were laughing the other night, you know, Holly and I, were, we're, we're building a house right now. We're, we're kind of downsizing, getting ready for the empty nest, and, um, but it's like, I don't want to do anything, anything until this house is done, and so I'm just relentless. I'm like every, every bit of my free time, I'm thinking about this house. And she was like, I forget what it. Oh, we we went to it uh, down near Atlanta to look at something on Friday evening. And she's like, you know, let's do this or this. I'm like, we gotta get this house done. And she was talking about like going out to eat or something. I'm like, we gotta get this house done. <laughs> And so sometimes I take relentless to tunnel vision, which is not good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think in life we have to be, we have to have, maybe not, we don't need to get into tunnel vision, but relentless is a muscle that you can build. That is something that you can get better, just like you're stretching. Yeah. You can force yourself to do it, and it always um, produces great things. Yeah, for sure. Another question. The opposite of relentless is giving up. 
Can you remember a time when giving up seemed to be the right thing at the time, but later proved to have negative consequences? You know, I don't, I don't recall giving up on much, especially anything of any significance. And mm-hmm. I guess maybe the reason why is because I try to scrub those things from my memory. Mm-hmm. I don't want those to affect me going forward. And sure. so if, <laughs> maybe I'm sure I've given up on some significant things, but nothing comes to mind. Yeah. Now I, I've given up on a lot of little things, yeah. right? Um, and I can remember regretting it mm-hmm. after giving up on it. Um, I think that the thing that comes to my mind is when I almost gave up on something. You know, I yeah. was signed up for the Chattanooga Ironman. Uh-huh. Had a lot of stuff going on. And, and, and I mean, I probably had some pretty good reasons to to not finish that. My dad was sick at the time. and those, But I remember I was telling you about it. And you, the your, your New Jersey love came out. You basically <laughs> busted my chops and said, you're going to regret this. If you drop out of this, you're going to regret it. And I remember thinking, man, that was harsh. But I finished it, and I I hit the goal that I had planned. And again, it's the reason we need to have people around us that tell us the truth. Because I was I was blinded, I was tunnel visioned, and that the few things I had going on, and I wasn't able to see the big picture. And and you kind of drew that contrast for me. But I guess I don't give up on a lot of things because I'm not typically one to sign up for things. I probably count the cost too much. Yeah. You know, if, and, and a lot of that comes down to schedule. I look out and I say, you know, am I really going to have time for this? So I probably don't take a leap into as many things as maybe I should because I'm probably pretty conservative in counting the cost. Yeah. Um, to a fault sometimes. Yeah. Well, you know, I, th- I think we, we look at the word regret and regret is a, you know, it's a bad word. We look at it as being a negative word and it, and it certainly is and can be. Uh, but there's also another side to the, the regret word, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes, sometimes regret is a good thing because it drives you later toward other things, right? It drives you to toward good things. Um, and I, I, I think sometimes that's a good thing. You know, I, I I was in a corporate job here not terribly long ago, and uh, because of the way that particular job that I was in for 25 years ended, um, it fundamentally changed the way that I do some things. Mm-hmm. Some for the some for some things I'm just not as good at as I once was mm-hmm. because I'm just kind of gun shy about sure. things. Right? There's other things though that it has just driven me to be better at. And, um, and so I always look at both sides, but try to find, that's why I say, I don't, I don't think about the things I've given up on because I'm always trying to figure out the better angle, the good angle, the positive angle, because there's a positive angle on just about anything that you do. Right. Yeah, for sure. Failure always has wisdom can only come from the failure of yourself or failure of others. Yeah. (laughs) And so failure is, can be a good thing looking back yeah well and the one thing the one thing i will say about the consequences of giving up is you got to be careful with giving up because it can become a bad habit oh for sure and you don't want to get there for sure so that's why it's important to follow through yeah last question how can we daily prepare to win in promoting the cause of christ so i went back to the golf course my mind went back to the golf course 
with this question. And one thing that Danny always did as well is, I mean, it was a, it was a maintenance job. We were mowing and raking. There wasn't a lot of strategy, but every morning, all 15, 16 guys, we met in the shop and, and Danny kind of gave us a pep talk. We talked to the leader every morning and it made us do better at our job. And we need to talk to our leader every morning. Yeah. We got to connect with God every morning. That's that's how you win in this um in this race we call the Christian life. Is you got to be connected to the leader. Just like, you know, we could have all showed up and just went and done whatever, but you know, we would have been mowing the greens too high and the fairways too short, you know, without without direction. And our yeah. direction comes from Christ. Man. And if you're not talking to him, then you're not getting the direction you need. Man, that's so so wise. The other thing that I, I thought about this story, I had a, a friend of mine that I worked with years ago that every time, every conversation had got in it somehow. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of a comedian. So, he, he you know, he was – he he used rapture references regularly, uh, in in a joking way, yeah. right? And but the interesting thing about him was that it always seemed to surprise me when it came up, mm-hmm. right? So if you think about it, there are, there are certain things that I say, and you know when something happens, my well, you know what my response is going to be. I'm going to use a particular phrase or whatever, and because there's a trigger mm-hmm. for it. There wasn't any trigger for him, right? There was nothing that was a regular thing that made him go in that direction. It was where his brain was always headed. And and being relentless means you're always, always got the advancement of God's kingdom on your mind. Mm-hmm. And that's why it always came up in conversation was because he was looking for a spot to put it. And if we're doing that and we're being relentless in that way, we're going to have a big impact for others. It's a good word. At Upward Sports and Run for God, we're all about helping you on your fitness journey. But we also want to support you on your faith journey as well. Sign up today for the self-paced Bible in a Year Challenge and listen every day as I read through the entire Bible in 365 episodes. As a bonus, I also give you running and walking tips of the day and finish with a different encouraging quote in each episode. You must be a Run Club member to participate in this exciting and edifying challenge. Sign up and start listening today. All right, so there's this kind of a sad story coming out of England and Africa. So there's this guy named Russell Cook who decided that he he wanted to be the first person to run the full length of Africa. Now, that's about 9,000 miles, uh, the full length of Africa. It is a big continent. Um, This guy's from Worthing, West Sussex, England. Um, So he started last kind of in the spring. And... um, the plan called for 240 days of running and over 9,000 miles in distance, um, 360 marathons. Um, and as of now, he has completed over 7,000 miles of it. He actually had to change his course in the middle of it, but that's another story. Um, and this is what uh, an article I, I found said. It said the extreme challenge began at South Africa's most southerly point on 22 April 
and will finish at Tunisia's most northerly point. In June, Mr. Cook and his team had cameras, phones, cash, and passports stolen in an armed robbery in Angola. Um, He's been through a lot through this whole thing. Mr. Cook, nicknamed Hardest Geezer, I don't know where that came from, had originally aimed to cover 14,500 kilometers or 9,320 miles during the challenge, crossing 16 borders and through cities, rainforests, and the Sahara Desert. He had vowed not to cut his hair or trim his beard until he has completed the challenge. He does kind of look like Forrest Gump. Um, the challenge is the challenge is in aid of the running charity, which is a charity that uses running for troubled youth, which is cool. So I started out by saying this is a, this is a sad story. Well, why did I say that? Well, this is where we are today. This is a post recent post from him. He said, "Right, girls and boys, we have a bit of a problem." We have been able to get visas for we haven't been able to get visas for Algeria. And if we don't get them, then it's game over for Project Africa. He said, I've been running now for 278 days, covering nearly 12,000 kilometers, which is 7,456 miles through 13 countries and raised over 140,000 pounds for charity in my attempt to become the first person ever to run the entire length of Africa. But right now. All of that is totally hanging on whether we can get permission from Algeria to let us cross in through this border with Mauritania. This is the only option we have left. So, Algeria, if you're listening, please reach out to me. Anything you need from us, please let me know. He added, addressing the Algerian authorities. It would be an absolute privilege to visit your beautiful country. To everyone following the journey online, please help us out by sharing this and helping us get this seen by the appropriate people in Algeria. And there are people trying to help him. He's about to cross the Sahara Desert, but at the, you know, while he's in that crossing of the Sahara Desert, he's got to cross into Algeria. And he can't get the stuff that he needs to do that. Hmm. Um, isn't that sad? That would be. Of course, I don't know. It seems like, to your point, it seems like something you should have known before you got started. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a pretty big detail. That's a pretty big detail. Yeah. Um, but it appears in looking this up, it appears that there have been no people to cross this border into Algeria on foot in a very like decades. Really? So people don't cross on foot into Algeria for whatever reason. I don't under, you know, it's probably a political thing. I don't know. Man, I hope this guy can work it out. Yeah. Though, right. Yeah. Gosh. Good luck to him. All right. It's a time for Dean's thoughts. And that's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, you remember floaties or swimmies, whatever you want to call those flotation devices we put on our arms as kids. Well, this is about them. This one's called water wings. Somewhere in the deep recesses of my brain, I was under the impression that water wings were invented in my lifetime. Now, I'm not a youngster by anyone's definition, but I was not even close on the invention date. In 1907, England added swimming to their school curriculum. The first iteration of the safety product was called Swim Easy Buoy and was a response to the concerns of parents over a hundred years ago. They were very similar to the product we know today under several other names. 
Although some will say there are negatives to the use of the kid's device, many parents have been able to breathe easier knowing a child is being buoyed by the over-a-century-old product. Reassurance is a powerful notion. But we were never meant to wear these devices for long. Eventually, we learned to swim and and since never put them back on. But I see people still relying on old notions as runners. It's sort of like seeing a teenager in swimmies. For example, I have heard from a number of people that they simply cannot run for very long and must utilize the walk-run intervals. Now, let me be very clear. If you want to do the walk-run method, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you're under the illusion that you cannot do anything else, you are probably still using your water wings. If you have had trouble staying injury-free, yet still think you have to run every run at a pace slightly slower than race pace, you are still using your inflatable armbands. Likewise, if you refuse to believe that carbohydrates are good fuel for running, you may want to look at your arms. You'll probably find some inflatable devices attached. We should always be looking to progress as runners and walkers. There may be new and better ways to do things, and you may be holding on to old ways. Those things can feel like Linus's safety blanket, but it may be time to move on and try swimming in open water. Even after 40 years of running and over 100,000 miles, I still try new things. I am currently on the longest streak of 10-plus mile days I've ever put together. Don't be afraid to try new things. It's fun to accomplish new things. We should also be progressing with our faith. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is telling the church that they are failing to progress in their faith because they are stuck on the basics. God has so much for them, but they can't get there because they won't move past old notions that have been debunked at this stage of their faith journey. Have you ever turned in the wrong direction because that's the way you normally go? Our brains are wired to hold on to the things we think. The only way to change those things is by being intentional about doing something different and progressing. In other words, we have to take off the water wings and go for a swim. Are you holding on to ideas and thoughts that are just habit? Do you struggle to progress in your fitness because you know you can't do more? There comes a time to take off the swim buoys and try something new. There comes a time when you need to stop relying on a flotation device because the feeling of swimming is so much better without them. Whether you're holding yourself back in your fitness or your faith, try taking off the swimmies and go for a swim. I know it's scary, but only at first. Once you experience life without them, you'll never be the same. That's a great story, Dean. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I love how you just you lovingly are calling a lot of people out here, and I, I've said it myself. You know, I, I've we're 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 building this house right now. Everybody's asking me when I'm going to sign up for you know the next thing, and and I've said I just I don't have time for it right now. I'm, I'm my priorities are somewhere else, but that's not true. I do have time. We all have 24 hours in a day. I'm just choosing, and I, I usually correct myself. When I say that, because I, I know that that's not true, it's I'm choosing other priorities right now, which is okay. Right. If you're walking, you're choosing to walk, and that's okay. But don't say I can't. So I can't is such a it's such a negative word. Yeah. Because we can 
do so many things. And I love how you just kind of call it out here. We we revert back to some excuse that we either we either really don't believe ourselves, or we've said it so much we begin to believe it. Yeah, uh, but it's just not true. Yeah, yeah. So great job here. Well, you know, I've had a couple occasions lately where I did something that pushed my body a little further than what conventional wisdom would tell me to do. Mm-hmm. So not too long ago, I was, if, if you listen to the bonus podcast that Co Booker, I ran ran with him back a little ways back, and we went for a run, and Co's, Co's faster than I am. And so we got to running a little faster on the way back in than I had intended to run. And um, it hurt. <laughs> hurt pretty bad young kids <laughs> but um but you know once i got in it and sure. once i was doing it i was like oh, let me just push a little harder right. and you know we ran the last mile just crazy fast and um it was probably dumb but i felt better the next day i actually felt better after doing it. i was glad that i had done it even though in the moment i thought this is a terrible idea right yeah. And fast forward to last week, I just mentioned Travis not going out for this this track workout. Um, I don't like running in the morning. My first mm-hmm. thought when he said, "Hey, you want to? You do you want to do a, a track workout with me?" was in the morning. No, Man, it was no, earlier. I right? really don't want yeah. to. Um, but then I I thought, well, you know what? What excuse do I have not to do it? First of all, you know, and I don't have an excuse not to do it. Um, I could have made the excuse that I don't need to be running hard right now. Um, but that wasn't a good excuse mm-hmm. either because it wasn't going to be a workout that was going to kill me. It was going to be up-tempo. It was going to be hard for me to do, but it wasn't going to be terribly t- difficult. So I decided to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, then that morning comes, and what am I thinking in that morning? Why did I agree to do this? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so early as I get up at, I don't know, 4.30 in the morning or yeah. something. Um but uh, that and and then didn't. and then when we got into it, that first rep, it felt terrible mm-hmm. trying to run fast in the morning. I haven't done it in so long, um, but I was glad I did it. Sure, when I got through, um, a, a lot of us not progressing is due to us falling back on these excuses. Mm-hmm. It's too early. It's too cold. It's too hot. Uh, I don't run in the mornings. Um, you know. It, I feel a little bit under the weather. Um, what are all the excuses? We, there's a hundred. Or sometimes it's just ignorance. Sometimes yeah. it's, you know, we used to deal with this with, with kids, especially, you know, Dean, I can't run that fast. Well, we've been doing this a long time. We know what you do these runs at, which tells us you can do that. It's why I used to always say you never know how far you can go until you go too far. Sometimes we need to push ourselves. This is where failure can be a good thing. Yep. We need to push ourselves to failure so you know where that line is. But so many people say, I can't do something, and they've never even tried it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, there's not many things I'm scared to try. Yep. You know, that's and true. I, I go down in the blaze of glory sometimes, <laughs> but, but I know that line then. I know where that line is. Don't, don't do that again. <laughs> um, but so many people will say, I can't when they've never even tried it. And, and that's, that's not good. No, it's not good. And we do the same thing with our faith, right? Sure. Um, you know, an example might be uh, how many people listen to this podcast have never tried fasting? Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of people who are Christians who have never tried mm-hmm. fasting. Um, I don't do it much. Mm-hmm. I should. I should do more of it. Sure. Because when I have done it, it has been amazing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it, it's, but it's outside my comfort zone. Um, and I just, I don't want to feel hungry. I just don't want to. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't do it. I mean, that's the bottom line, right? Well, you know what else? Jesus didn't want to go to the cross mm-hmm. either, right? Jesus didn't want to be uncomfortable either. And think about, I'm worried about being a little hungry mm-hmm. for a day, and he's going to a cross to die. Sure. Um, you know, it, it, makes, it makes our excuses not to go out and try or do something look so pathetic. Yeah. And I think when we put things in, in its proper context very often, you know, like the idea of, okay, I'm going to go out and try to do something I've never done before. Well, what's the worst that can happen? You can fail. Mm-hmm. You cannot do it. So, like you said, you learned where the line is. Right. And so there's so much value in it. Um, and that works in our faith, too. And yeah. so, um, you know, that's just one example, the the fasting thing. There's so many others. You know, have you tried getting up every morning and spending a half an hour praying or in the Bible or, or doing something like that? Have you tried it? Because, sure. you know, if you haven't, man, you could be it could change your life. Yeah. All right. So um, here's where we usually take another break, but let's talk about the new bonus episode. We kind of referred to it a few times, um, but we're, we're trying something a little different. Yeah. And uh, so, so let's talk about that just a little bit for people who may not have heard that bonus episode. So what are you doing? Dean? Well, there's a, a friend of ours, co-booker. He actually used to run for us at, at Cahulla Creek. I was, I was coaching him for a few years. And um, he went to college, co-college, mm-hmm. <laughs> coincidentally, um, and had I a college career. I still say because it was called co. I still tell him that. <laughs> That's the only reason you went there. Uh, but he, he went there. And so he's a, he's a, he's a good runner. But he's also, in, in his travels, um, first of all, his job works with um, – uh, technology that's related to a GPS watch, which mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah. Uh, so he, it gives him, and, and he also travels all over the country um, working at these big track meets and things. So he's very well connected mm-hmm. to the uh, elite world. And so we thought, you know, we've got a, a segment of our, our listeners who like the five or 10 minutes we'll put in a podcast sometimes of what's going on in the, in the professional world um, and the more technical things. And, we thought, well, why don't we just do a little separate thing mm-hmm. for, for those people who enjoy that? And if sure. you don't, if that's not your bag, fine, and don't listen to that. We still right. have this podcast. But if you want to dig a little bit deeper into um, what's going on in the professional world and what's going on technically with these little different different things, running-related things, uh, then that second podcast may be for you. Sure. Yeah, go check it out. It was a bonus episode. As of this recording, it was two episodes ago. Right. Um, so go check it out. It's, it's the bonus episode. I think you called it uh, the, the year ahead and the year behind or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. There'll be two uh, episodes. But y'all did a great job. Go, Co is Co is quick on his feet. He is. He's in running and and in, in podcasting. So you did a great job. Uh, so Co, if you're out there listening, great job, buddy. Yeah. Well, we've also done a uh, mar- mar- Olympic marathon trials um, preview as well. Okay. So uh, by the time this comes out, the Olympic trials will have already been run. Okay. So uh, check that out too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, every week I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. Well, how about this? It's good practice to get outside your comfort zone. 
you know, we're just talking about how running presents you with all these opportunities to look uh, your comfort zone in the face and completely ignore it. (laughs) Well, you know, I don't want to get up early. I don't want to run in the rain. I don't like the cold. I don't want to run 20 miles on Saturday. I don't want to shoot snot rockets out of my nose. Well, maybe that one we don't (laughs) mind so much. Uh, But you get the point. That's a competition of itself. (laughs) Yeah, running or walking gives us opportunities to do things we don't feel like doing, Mm -hmm. and that bleeds over into everything else we do. So that makes running and walking awesome. So I went out yesterday talking about this. I went out yesterday afternoon, and and I'm just walking right now, and I went out and I walked in, and it it was freezing. I mean, the wind yesterday afternoon was just howling. And I didn't want to be out there, but I went out there and I did it anyway. But you know what I appreciate? It makes you appreciate things you don't normally think about. You know what I appreciated? The warmth of a house when you walk in it. Yeah. There's not much better than coming yeah. in and you're freezing everything on your body and you walk in and it's like, oh. And so it makes you appreciate things you wouldn't normally appreciate. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a great point. Well, how about a trivia question for next week? Who won the 1960 Olympic marathon, and what was unique about that win? Hmm. Interesting story. Check that one out, the 1960 Olympic marathon. And if you're the first person to answer that correctly at dean at runforgod.com, then you will win $20 off in the Run For God store. So get on that. Finally, a motivational thought of the week comes from John von Neumann. He said, today's impossible is tomorrow's normal. Hmm. That's running. That's, that is that is running. It? Yeah, it sure. is. It is. And we see that all the time. 5K challenge. We got the marathon folks that are finishing up um, and a, a brand new crop <clears> that we're going to see lots of those stories where people are like, yeah, I remember when I couldn't run for 60 seconds yeah. and now I'm running for 26.2 miles. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's still time to join, by the way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've always said you if if you've if you're active and can walk, you can really join uh, the Couch to Marathon really in the first several weeks because it is the walk run method uh for the first um 7 weeks of the program. So uh yeah, I mean, it is not too late to join go online or you can join um the on demand couch to marathon so you may have a different marathon say you have a marathon in in april of next year well Mm -hmm. you can sign up in march for your own training plan and you'll be kind of following along with with other people around the country they may be at different points in the in the journey but again it's it's not about the running when you come into this community it's about the the community of of believers like-minded people and, and sharing and and being inspired and inspiring others amen so get enjoy, get involved. Until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.